You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hargrove Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 232 of the Centralized Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by uh, executive uh, digital audio producer, Zach Bertram, and uh, my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. What do we got going on, man? Today's episode features uh, the soap lady, the beehive body company, uh, Miss Mary Hobbs uh, herself, the celebrity, local celebrity, We'll call her. Um, you guys know me. You know I'm big into soaps. I've been saying for the past four years that I love soaps. I've, I'm a soap connoisseur, and she she brought me two bars. She brought us some branded Boss Hog and Liberty uh, lip balm, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of different things. Jeremiah, of course, wants to talk about COVID, uh, so we're going to get that <laughs> I away. Don't want to talk at about the very it. beginning. This it's, is the second week in a row you implied. put COVID in the show notes. I told you I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm over it. Well. And then we're also going to listen, buddy. If you start talking about the show before two o'clock on a Thursday, <laughs> you can write the notes. We're really going to be talking about the <laughs> Beehive Body Company and what that is all about and supporting American businesses, the American supply chain, uh, how that has gone in the past couple of years because it's been a little bit different. Uh, so make sure you stick around and hear all about that. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully. You'll always learn something new. This show is going to push my boundaries and comfort levels tonight because I don't like soap because, <laughs> because I have a one man <laughs> protest against soap. Uh, no, because my laptop took a bath <laughs> just before the Patreon began and I am working from a single cell phone to be able to watch the comments He's and no do my reads. He's only no got one available screen. He normally <laughs> has three to four. Exactly. I am doing this with a wet piece of paper, a bad <laughs> attitude, and one tiny little cell phone screen. I, I do. I say no distractions, but it is a promise for Patreon members that if you sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty, then you uh, can ask questions during the show and we'll answer them. So we do kind of need to keep track of that. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That is where you can go to support the show every month. Uh, it's a monthly payment service and uh, you can pick, you can pick whatever amount you month. We have some suggestions on there of what we want, but you know, any, any kind of support we appreciate. We have people that are paying like a, a dollar eighty two a month, and we appreciate those people. Mr. Stone Aldrich, he's still sticking around. Did you know that? That's amazing. Yeah, he's doing great. Um, but we have folks that support us at $50 or more a month, and they get a shout-out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Miss Christy Avery from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, our favorite car dealer in uh, the continental United States. And then, of course, uh, the trucker himself, Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is uh, who's the meme supplier for all of the Boss Hog Liberty fans. You can see all of the memes that he makes pertaining to the show. They're so good. They're so funny. Everyone tells me they're the best in the whole world, and I agree. 
you can find those in the Boss Hawk of Liberty Patreon supporters Facebook group, which you get if you sign up to donate every month. You also get show must, notes. Must still have a Facebook account to, yeah. to apply. Yes. Uh, if you have to sign up for Facebook just to get in the group, I think it's worth it. I think I think Anthony Meyer makes the group that good. If you limit your your Facebook to only that one group and it's the only thing you do, you'd have a you'll pretty be, healthy relationship. You'll, you'll be Facebook. less pissed off at the world. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Leave every group but the Patreon. It's not a toxic place. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, a happy uh, place. You get to vote sometimes. Yeah. Last week they decided what we were going to eat. That's true. And then this week I forgot to bring the thing we're, thing we're supposed to do because it's just been that night. And uh, Mary brought us a bunch of... Uh, Lip balm? Yes. Maybe the Patreons are going to get those in the mail. So that's what oh. I was just thinking. I have a bunch. Of, I don't know if you guys remember, but I sent out like some, I think it was the stickers. Are, are they all this peppy mint lip balm? Yes. They're all the same flavor. Yeah. It's got right. a little bit of vanilla to it and all a right. peppermint. Perfect. Because yep. so, I've been battling a bad case of COVID this week, so I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't protect you against COVID. No, but my lips have been jacked. Oh, okay. And so, and all like... Very pure. Gr- These are jokes, people. These are jokes. Um, you can still have a common cold. It's yeah. Allowed. I still have a bunch of envelopes left uh, from whenever I I sent out the bow ties from episode one hundred. So, I th- I think that we can make that happen for for some. You know, I don't think that I can promise it to everybody because some people don't give their addresses out. I mean, if you want it, you need to you need yeah, to DM so, the code to your address. Update. Yeah. Update. Otherwise, you know, it is. If you want it, then you need to update your address. All right. We also have T-Chip stores. That's where you can get your Boss Hog of Liberty merchandise. T-Chip.com slash BHO1234 or mug. Uh, Those are all different T-shirts. We still have the face masks in case uh, you're like those people that I saw. In In case you're going to get on an airplane. Yeah. Airplane. That's true. Uh, There's a bunch of people in Cincinnati when we were there that were still wearing masks. I had to wear one last night for a school program. Uh. On Tuesday night, I picked a student up at Ball State University in a residence hall, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to wear a mask to go inside. I didn't because I'm a rebel. I can only imagine the, the wow. compliance they get in a dorm at Ball State. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's the whole weird thing. You don't know when you're supposed to wear a mask or when you're not. Like I, I didn't people... walk into the building with my mask yeah. in my pocket because I haven't needed it since right. I don't know when. <laughs> yeah. Since October. <laughs> I have to look for one. If I need one, I have to like... Oh, I need to go find my mask. It's not yeah. like it's not ever. It's not with me. Yeah, I have a pretty beefy one that I carry with me that I can actually like change out the filter. But I wear mine quite a bit, um, just because of my situation. But yeah, like I wish like instead like you have like the open sign on a bit business, and then you have like a mask or like a mask with like a red slash through it, so you at least like know what you're supposed to culturally do. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. How are the people in here going to react? Yeah. If I walk in with a mask or without a mask. There's yeah. different levels. There's mask required, mask recommended, yeah. mask yeah. optional. If you wear a mask, we'll shoot you. Like there's, yeah. there are different <laughs> levels of what, what, and it depends upon what town you're in. It, it does. For and, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure if you go to Spiceland, it's the, the latter. I, I think yeah. it was. I walk yeah. in and find an employee visually. Yeah. And I try and base off the employees. Because no if employees way. aren't, then I'm like, fine. And if they are, but they're behind a, yards of plexiglass. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I just judge default go. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I have to walk back to the car to get one, I will, but it's a one in a million. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a professional capacity, I will carry it if I'm going into a customer's office, but that's, that's slightly different. 
Yeah. So speaking I, of the mass, Jeremiah, I, wants I to threw talk it. About COVID. I threw it in the show notes because <laughs> the front page news and all of the local newspapers, the Indianapolis Star, the Courier Times. There's people saying that you know COVID is surging. The hospital. The only the only thing that I've been really paying attention to it's not the infections it's the hospitalizations right so what we're hearing from the medical professionals is that the headcount at hospitals is up again yes so putting that out there that there is a a bit of a surge and it's become news in the last last week since we've uh, since we've last met that uh you know it some of that's seasonal they you get more people at this time of the year that get admitted for various things anyway december's kind of the the busy season for hospitals uh but just uh just one of those things. I don't think it's Omicron or whatever. That's I think that's just a literally another variant that exists and people are clicking and using it for their their advantage to to get clicks, but you know, both our our local hospital here in Henry County and the and statewide, they were, apparently IU Health had a a the equivalent of a state of emergency saying, "Hey, tap out. We need some help here." So whatever. I don't know. I you know, everybody at this point, there's nobody's get learning anything new. It's just a, it's a, it's a one metric that I choose to follow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the hospital, since this is important to see, um, I mean, I don't, there's like nothing we can, you can do about it. You know what I mean? At this point, this late in the game, uh, what, what can you do? At this uh, point, other than you can, we need if you, to, if you, if you haven't made a decision, you're the, you're the undecided voter in uh halloween the day before presidential election that's been going on for two years uh, you're the person that's like oh god i might get vaccinated might not well that's the one yeah. that's the one person that has a lever still to push dakota you know i heard ron dr ronda patrick uh is a doctor physician that i've follow have been following for years and i really trust her and her thing was like you are going to be exposed to covid just talking to anyone. That's among us. Yeah. You are you are going to be exposed to it. You you have to decide. Like, do I want to be exposed to it? Vaccinated? Can I not be vaccinated? Uh, do I choose to not be vaccinated? All that is your choice. But she was saying, if you choose not to be vaccinated or you can't be vaccinated, it's an important thing to talk to your doctor and say, hey, if or when I test positive for COVID. I would like to have a protocol or talk to you about some ideas of things that I should be doing immediately upon that positive test to be treated early, try to knock it out, try to keep from being admitted to the hospital. Now, something else that that it's not been proven to help, but sometimes you can take your Facebook profile picture and you can add one of those frames around it (laughs) and, and that will also help. But I thought that that was a possibly even a, stacking them up on top to of themselves. Can, you know, if you get two or three or four of them together, uh, those are like booster frames. And then you just you just you just keep adding yeah. them on. Yeah, you just keep putting each one on. And it's it's not as effective as a vaccine itself. I, I'm, I'm playing, but as Beth Hobbs is in the chat. And she's I, like, I was going to say, and I, and I can I see it from this. here. It's like it's probably the frame itself is probably what, like 50 percent is effective. Fifty percent as effective as a vaccine, yeah. I would say. Yeah, the frames. Uh, the frame. Yeah, but if you get three of them, that's like ninety-five percent capture rate. Which yeah. honestly, like my parents, I I felt really bad for them during during when COVID hit. And at one point, my poor dad is in there pumping hand sanitizer, and I will never. You have those moments with your parents where you'll never forget. And my dad looks at me and goes, "You know, I didn't retire to come and work for my kid." And I looked at him, I go. 
And granted, I had not slept in like three days. And my dad literally came out of my mouth to my dad. And I said, what the hell else do you have to do, Bob? You can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, I'm feeding you ice house, like I or the doghouse. And like, you're at least out of the house. And he was like, well, okay, you have a point. And watching those two fight over putting sanitizer labels on were the funniest thing ever. And my employees are like, are they joking? Like, are you know. So lifelong memories, Mary. Oh, oh yeah, you know the things that, it, and I, I, my dad, parents are huge supporters of what I do. But uh, my dad wasn't very happy. Which I'll, the only thing I was taking away from was their puzzle. They put puzzles together. They're big puzzle people. Yeah, they're big puzzle people. Like you'll go and like their big dining room table has like a giant like five hundred piece puzzle, and I'm like, well, what else do you have to do? Like you can't travel, so you're putting together a puzzle. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. They're just puzzling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Puzzling so. in days away. Which they still do this day. You'll go over and there'll still be a big puzzle across the, you know, dining room table. So this is a this is a good time to formally introduce Mary. Mary owns and operates and founded and is the uh, chief executive bottle maker and, <laughs> and beehive wax maker yeah. uh, over at Beehive Bottle Company in Mount Summit, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about the company and how, how it came about. Um the company was a total accident. If you had asked me a decade ago if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I would have laughed at you and told you no. Um, I was a jet mechanic and I got doused with hydraulic fluid and I couldn't get it off and, uh, none of the soaps worked. So, and you know, I went to Pinterest and I looked up how to make a bar of soap and I thought, well, obviously I can fix this. And, um, so I made a batch of soap and I was a chef before I went in the military and in my chef brain, a pound of soap did not sound like very much. So I doubled the recipe and then I put like two pounds of pumice in this. By the time I'm done, I'm like putting the stuff in like old like sour cream containers just anything i could find to literally like contain this stuff at this point and uh, i ended up i handed it out to a lot of friends and on the flight line and we ended up um they came back they're like man you got to keep doing this like this stuff works and that's how i accidentally started a soap company <laughs> and i was still active duty military when i started it and um then I got into the beard competition thing is really really big in utah and i got in with a couple guys that actually went to the world beard and mustache competition in Germany. That is a thing. These guys compete on national levels. Their beards are insured. And Ooh. yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a big deal. And I actually started out with the men's line first and then it just, it kept growing and it, it's now a full line of skincare from everything to little kids to, you know, men and women. I did, and, huh. I did see that you had the beard product. Yes. And like, I'd, I but I didn't see how much are, is your beard balm? My beard balm and beard oil are fifteen, or you can get to a you can get a beard oil and a beard balm combination it's for twenty five. It's it's oh, disgusting good. to talk about money, Dakota. No, well, I'm just curious. It's, it's worth what it's worth. The reason I ask, she's got good prices, especially mm-hmm. for these natural products, because as a bearded man, this stuff can be outrageous, oh. like so expensive. No, you don't have to deal with this, Jeremiah. <laughs> it's a choice you make every day, Dakota. You say, am I going to keep this beard or not? And you do. Here's the deal. And here though. you are belly aching about the like, beard maintenance costs. The oil is showing off that lumberjack look you but have. Extremely, extremely necessary. Yeah. Especially like I work outside, so skin gets dry and it's just, it is hell on earth, itchy as crap underneath that beard and the beard oil will just take it all away. And here's the deal. I've tried the really expensive ones. <laughs> I've tried, well, the cheap ones I have, I've tried some really cheap ones that have made like my beard crusty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a good no. deal. 
but usually like an all natural product is really good. And I've tried the super expensive ones. I think I paid like $44 once oh, yeah, for a little yeah. vial, like a dropper vial of beard oil. That's as like, expensive as inkjet toner. Yeah. Like inkjet oil. And I couldn't tell Ink. a difference, Mary. I couldn't no. tell a difference. It's all the marketing. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of it, a lot of it, if you start to compare ingredients, but my men are actually pickier than my women. And I have just as many male clients as I do female. Um, my guys will come in. They know exactly what fragrance they want. They go right to it. They pick it up. And it's like one of those. It, it, it's like they don't want to be seen in there buying that stuff. But then, <laughs> you know, but my guys are. They're very, very picky. And then actually, I have a lot of guys that use bath bombs. We do a CBD bath bomb and they will come in and they'll, you know, load up on CBD bath bombs for the weekend. You know, it, like my regulars, I can tell what kind of week they've had by, you know, if they buy two bags or if they just buy one bath bomb. Um, <laughs> you know, be like, Oh, it's that kind of week. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my guys, they're, they're picky and they, you know, we tested a lot on, um, on a lot of different guys that, you know, work so, in a lot of different elements. You're telling me that you have grown ass men with beards that show up and they come in and they walk to the back of the store and they buy bubble bath bombs. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll buy CBD bath bombs. And there's some guys that um, like man pampering. I call it mampering. So have you, thought, <laughs> have you thought about growing your business by putting these in, in indiscreet boxes and mailing them to them? Yeah, I, I have yeah. no problem. Like you can't tell on the outside, like what is in our boxes. And then there's some people that they buy and I'm like, wait a minute, you're single. Like, but they'll, they'll ship and you know, we, we ship in a white box or, you know, a brown box. Like you're not going to know what's in there. And I, I, you know, that's if that's funny. what they need to do to relax, then go for it. You know, that's, I'm not going to knock anybody. I mean, we all have our vices. And if, you know, a bath bomb on Friday night and a beer in your bathtub is what it takes. Then sometimes I just like to take a, bourbon and ginger ale and pour it on my laptop on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> you might, I, I probably should have brought you one of those if I had known how your night's going to go. That's um, something that I do. This like, is fine. I, this I is fine. find funny about uh, the Duke Cannon brand, which is another soap mm-hmm. brand, is that how they've made a satirical, like overly masculine soap. And I'm in a Duke Cannon Facebook group and there are, there are sometimes like most of us get that it they're being funny. Yes. Like it's being it's over the top masculine to be funny about masculine soap. And but sometimes there's guys that'll get in there and it's like the whole reason that they got into Duke Cannon is because they could finally find a soap that they feel like they didn't have to be ashamed to admit that they enjoyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a guy doesn't want to walk into Bath and Body Works because if you go into Bath and Body Works, the men's stuff is all the way in the back corner, just like yeah, the, why the they toilet do paper. You know, if they put a cash register and their product right up front, I mean, my showroom's the size of your guys' studio. So, I mean, it's not like you got to wade through, you know, 50 aisles of stuff and, you know, <laughs> candles and whatever else. Um, and we're out in the middle of a cornfield. So, I mean, it's not like somebody's going to probably spot your vehicle there either. <laughs> so, I mean, we're about as discreet as you can, <laughs> you can get. And, um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that like, there's nothing wrong with a guy I'm, smelling good. I'm creating this false stigma. Obviously there's nothing wrong with buying soap. <laughs> no, no, no. It, but it's, it's been interesting and I've done this. Uh, I started this, I think I like, you know how those people that are really together, have like their first dollar they ever made and they know exactly like the date they founded their company. Eh, Mm And you know, somewhere around 2012, I think is when I made like my first batch of soap. Um, I think I started selling it around 2013. So I've I've done this for a while now 
And um, it's been interesting to see like over the years how it's really evolved and, you know. Just just so that I know as an ethical person, how many honeybees did you kill to put in that that uh, that little tube that you gave us? Mm. The beehive name. What's what are the bees involved? No, so I actually don't own bees. When I started this company, I was in uh, Ogden, Utah, which is about an hour north of Salt Lake City. The and beehive state. yes, the beehive state. So even the bail bondsmen's there are beehive. <laughs> so oh, really? you know, yeah, it just it goes huh. with the whole the Utah. Yeah, and it, generation it, uh, genesis of it. Yes. So when I moved it back here, I was like, okay, it took me forever to come up with that. And I mean, it was the beehive state. I totally ganked it from like where I was living. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to change it again because you it's know, like it's like being Rose City and being from Newcastle or Richmond. Yes, yes. And um, so you know, when I moved it here, I just kept the same name. The logo has evolved over time, and you know, our packaging. Like I look back at some of the first stuff I posted, and I was like, Oh, honey, you were cute. Like you tried. <laughs> and you know, some of those first bars of soap, I still have actually two of very very early on batches of soap and I'm just like, oh, you were so proud of that little thing. And listen, yeah. we feel the have same always, way about our original logo here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have they always been a, a cube? Um, no, they used to actually be more of a rectangle. I had some that were shaped. Um, my dad actually made my, so now we're big enough that we produce um, slab molds, which make 25 pounds of soap at a time. Woo. Yeah. So on a, when we have a soaping day, we produce about 250 to 300 pounds of soap in one shot. Praise God. That's a lot of soap. Yeah. We, oh. we sell a lot of soap. And um, the girl that we get our goat's milk from, she's absolutely adorable. She's a 16-year-old girl. Um, she's homeschooled. She's down by uh, Carthage, Indiana. And she's I've huge. I've been pulled over many times. <laughs> I drive through there every now and then. <laughs> but um, she is very big into, like, the breeding of goats and, like, genetics. And this girl's you're, you're she's going to go somewhere. She's very, very on top of it. But she's very passionate about these goats, and that's who... Is the breed of dairy goat listed on the soap? Milk? No. I mean, um, what kind of goats are we working with here? So, I don't exactly... I know that she doesn't have Nigerian dwarfs, because Nigerian dwarfs have a really fatty goat's milk, and we love the breed of goat that she has, because it's not super fatty, because the minute you pour the lye and the mm-hmm. goat's milk together, it will... The lye will attach on any fat molecules in the goat's milk. So, so she's got an Alpine or a Sonnen or a Toggenberg. So one of the, one I want to say Alpine, the Swiss yeah. breeds. Yeah. But this girl, I mean, she loves her goats as much as we love soap. So it was a really cool partnership. And, um, FFA, she had a hole in her SAE program and this actually filled a huge hole in her SAE program where they weren't dumping milk. Um, because at one point they just dumped it or they would feed it back to newborns. Well, when they didn't have newborns, they, they were dumping. So they were all like, well, why can't you find an avenue for, you know, to get rid of this goat's milk? Well, it's as hard to sell goat's milk in Indiana as, I mean, you have to have all kinds of licensing. Yep. Human and, consumption is very different. Oh, yeah. So she got a pet milk license so she can sell to us. And it's been a really cool thing. Like, she's came in and watched. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're really great people. And this was a really cool partnership. And now I don't have to, because at the one point it was, I was going to get two milk goats <laughs> and have to milk goats twice a day, which I love animals, but this just really wasn't in my, you know, like I didn't sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, are you going to keep the goats? Uh, my boyfriend's farm. I, I had to sit down and talk to his parents and I was like, <laughs> um, so you guys are really supportive of me. And by the way, I need to like fence off half your yard to put two goats out you here. No. In your parents' backyard. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can, I really would love to see Bob having to milk dairy goats twice a day. Oh. And Beth chasing no. goats around. No, no. They, they, I, my parents. The goats support. are out on the highway again. <laughs> 
they support me to the ends of the earth, but I mean, they, they've told me no. Um, Mary, your goat's out on 234 again. <laughs> yeah. The local county sheriff just brings them home, you know. Well, they can milk them on the way. Yeah. Um, so how does, how does the, the business go from, okay, I made this to because I was pissed off about having hydraulic fluid on me to growing it into a full-time, full-time um, business that you brought back home? It's really crazy. I've never really paid for marketing. Um, I've never... I, I, I don't think it's one of my strong suits. Um, our products really speak for itself. So it would be another one of the guys on the flight line would come up and they'd be like, hey, I heard you make soap. Like, can I get a bar? And it just kind of grew from there. And then as the minute that military men retire, they grow a beard. Like, that's the first thing. They're out the gate. They're, you know, they don't have to shave every day anymore. And so then that's when the beard stuff would come in. And in fact, a lot of the guys that I had tested the beard care products on were guys that had gotten out. And so they're veterans now and they have these giant big beards and, uh, you know, they, uh, they'd come back and be like, okay, well, I like this, which we're in, we're in Northern Utah. So you're dealing with very, very cold temperatures. You're dealing with fierce winds and they'd be like, okay, well, you know, you gotta, we gotta, this is my problem. You know, how do we fix this? So there was a lot of testing that went into that in a pretty harsh condition. And, um, then uh, when I moved back home, I, I, like I said, my parents are huge supporters. My dad's like, kid, I love you, but I don't think you'll be able to sell bars of soap here for $8 a piece. And I said, well, I'm going to try. The biggest thing is, you know, I'm going to fail. So I started making soap in their basement. And um, it grew pretty quick doing festivals and stuff around here. And then um, I had the opportunity to open up a stop a shop in Sulphur Springs, Indiana, which is a little blinky light and like a town of like 200 people. That's where producer Chris, uh, former producer Chris, yes. uh, still still has his day job. Yes. In fact, my one of my employees used to be his server at the little uh, restaurant there in town. And um, so I opened up that and I quickly outgrew that in a matter of about a year, year and a half. And then I had the opportunity to move to a bigger facility, which was right before COVID hit, which luckily we did. And um, so I made a decent name for myself doing festivals for a couple of years. I had the storefront. It went really well. And then the next thing I knew, we had this opportunity to move to a bigger spot, you know, three miles down the road. So I jumped on it. And I remember walking in this place going, I am never going to fill this. Like, this is way too much space. Like, I don't need this much. And now... This is, this is a portion of the old Brooks tomato yes, factory. Yes, And chili is. factory or chili beans. You know, the most, most Hoosier thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then the next thing I know, COVID hits. And uh, people were scrambling at that point. And we had a we had a supplier where we could get drums of hand sanitizer. And I remember calling the health department being like, hey, if I can get like, I'm not going to order these drums because they're expensive at this point. They're they were actually shipping the drums of hand sanitizer under the name of lotion base because people were stopping semis on the interstate. And if they had hand sanitizer, they were they were raiding them. And so. I call the health department here in town, which have been fantastic. And I'm like, Hey, I have this opportunity. He's like, will you please stay open? Like, please, for the love of everything, please, if you can get your hands on this. So at one point we were like the only people that had hand sanitizer in a five County radius and we couldn't bottle this stuff. Like we would, Dang. yeah, we would figure out like I, at one point I could tell you how many ounces exactly were in a 55 gallon drum and how many bottles we could produce out of that. We produce what we could throw it up on the website and we would be sold out. And like, I had people go to my mom being like, Hey, can we get on the list for hand sanitizer? Mom's like, what list are you talking about? Like my mom's like, I get like the half filled bottles that whenever they like run out, like 
she's walking around like all these like little half bottles of hand sanitizer. My sister's working in a nursing home. Like, you know, we're supplying everybody we can. And it was the craziest thing. And we were working like 20 hour days and it was, was it just straight up hand sanitizer? Yes. Yes. For a while. Fragrance or anything in it? Yeah, we had, um, we had, I think at one point we had almost six or seven different scents of hand sanitizer. Ah, Okay. And um, then, like, our Christmas sets last year had hand sanitizer in them because, you know, that that's the world we lived in. And um, we have teachers to this day that, and I didn't feel comfortable making it because I knew this stuff had been tested. And it's actually the only thing that we don't make in-house is this. But I wanted to be able to put a safe product into people's hands that I knew that was going to be safe for them to use. It was going to protect them or offer them a layer of protection. and you know, I had the chance to get it and it was, I think we went through seven drums of hand sanitizer. We were selling it by the gallon. We were selling it everything, you know, and we still sell it to this day and it's still, it's still not cheap because of what we paid for it at the time, but people love it. And, um, you know, it's weird when we see these surges, we'll see people start buying hand sanitizer again. And, um, that's why we do that in the news is to help small businesses. Yes. Yes. You know, (laughs) you gotta bang that narrative to the drums empty. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, people would start with a hand sanitizer and then they would see we had had other things and they would start adding on. Like we sell a foaming sugar scrub that's probably one of our best sellers. Our lip balm, I joke that's our gateway purchase. Um, People, you know, you spend five bucks for two lip balms at a show. Well, then they're like, oh, we love your lip balm. And then they come back and they start buying other stuff. So um, it helped us get into a lot of hands and a lot of, you know, it really broadened our reach and now we have customers kind of all over the country at one point i was sending hand sanitizer to like my friends that were stationed in washington (laughs) that's that's what i wanted to know is how how the business is operated across state lines if it's mostly local or if it's if you gotten the you know this this mail order business going as well yeah it's weird um we'll go through spurts where we'll have a huge surge in online purchases um we'll have random people like show up in states and I'm like, I don't know anybody here, but you know, people will come in they'll be like, Oh, we're going to go visit so-and-so in another state. We're going to take them, you know, a bag of your stuff. So it's just like our customers, they are diehards and they're fantastic and they'll come in and, you know, they're very good about sharing the product and giving it as gifts to other people or mailing it to other people. And it's, I mean, we've shipped, I think almost to all 50 states. There's like five or six. We haven't, And, um, you know, that, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I have wholesale customers. I, there's a girl here in town named Cindy Gibson and she owns Maxwell's boutique. She, you know, COVID has brought out the survival of the fittest in a lot of us. And she owns a boutique. Obviously there's major shipping issues. She opened up a warehouse that allows retailers to go in there and to shop for boutiques or if you own a salon or, you know, you have to have a retail merchant certificate to shop there, but we were able to put our products in there. So now there's all these boutiques and stuff all throughout Indiana that are carrying your product that are carrying our products. Like I've walked into stores and I didn't even know they were carrying our products. I'll be like, Oh, Hey, it's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's been so really cool. cool. And, um, you know, that's allowed me a different Avenue to reach out. And our wholesale business this year was just about equal to our retail sales. That's incredible. Yeah. So this is the rosy side of it. What's what would you say from the hey I'm operating a small business? What's the other side of it? The 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 struggle side. Um the biggest one is the supply chain and not being able like 
we joke that we have the caps of COVID because of a plastic shortage. Like I think right now we're up to four different styles of sugar scrub caps. Um, at one point we had pink pumps for our lotion and our hand sanitizer because that's literally all we could get. Um, right now just their citric acid prices have went from like $70 for a 50 pound bag to over $350 a bag. So, you know, we're dealing with pricing, we're dealing with supply chain issues and, you know, just not knowing what you're going to wake up to the next morning, what it's we're going to be out of. It's $8 a bar right now. And that's like a bargain. So yeah. That's Do you find yourself deal. having to make substitutions in your recipes? Or are you still able to say, find the same things that make we're the beehive product the same? As yeah. It always has been. We're, we're not going to bite the bullet on quality. And my customers are, you know, we're actually going to have to raise our soap prices because I love the fact that our soap has lard, it has tallow, it has soybean oil, which are three things that are very, very readable around here. And you also have the goat's milk. And so like our soybean oil prices have went through the roof, like high five to all the farmers that are making a ton of money off soybeans right now, because, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it, it, I think it's almost tripled in price now. So the first year we are going to have to raise our bar soap prices, which I hate to do that, but people are very understanding right now. I mean like $8, like whenever I got on your site today to see how much the soap was, I was shocked that it was $8 a bar. And they're they're decent sized bars and we accidentally over pour some and you look at them and you're like, what were you thinking that day when you poured soap? Like some of them are like a half inch taller than those. We're not going to upchart. Like we're just going to be like, hey, yeah. yeah. And um, you win. Dig around a little bit and find the big piece. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's funny because when you look, we have, like, if you ever worked in a restaurant, we use the baker's racks for our soap. You can see, like, where the mold tilted one day because my dad made all my molds. So they're not exactly 100% square, <laughs> <laughs> but they work really, really well. But you can see where, you know, like one side's a little higher than the other. And, um, you know, but that's part of it. You, you can tell that, you know, we made it and you'll like we cut soap on Facebook lives and people love it. It's one of those. It's like, like going to watch fudge get made. Yeah. And so, you know, we cut soap and people are like, oh, it's so relaxing. And then we get yelled at because we haven't cut soap for a while. And I'm like, well, we made like 700 pounds right before Christmas. So, um, you know, it's been really interesting to see how our customers react with us. And, you know, when we do bring out new stuff, like we have this new stuff that we're getting ready. I don't know when we're going to roll it out. We're still in the testing phase of it, but it makes your bath look like a holographic, almost they call them like a galaxy bath or something. So we're actually playing with that right now. And, you know, it's what we can keep doing to make new stuff, to bring in new customers or to give those customers that have been with us for four or five years, something new. So what, what kind of sense are we talking about? If I'm, if I'm going in and looking at soaps, am I like, okay, that's, that's vanilla. Or are we talking orange? Are we talking about weird stuff? What what kind of things um, are we finding? We're known for our funny names. Like one of our most popular fragrances is Get Laid in Hawaii. Um, it smells just like fruit punch. <laughs> Craig DeCosta, um, we're talking to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, we have a little bit for everybody. We have that spa. We have that fruity scent. We have actually, we rolled out our first vanilla one, which I was always really against because you can go anywhere and get like a vanilla sugar scent. So the two you brought in are rest in peace, RIP or, or rip. Yes. Off the Yellowstone character, which I'm always afraid I'm going to get sued. So I, I, it says rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. Or you can take it for Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and the other one is a candy... Crushed candy cane. Crushed candy cane. Literally, so that's a holiday season. Yes. I'm, Actually, 
pretty shocked at how much it smells like a candy cane. Yeah, it smells like you stick your head in a bag of candy canes. And I actually love that. I don't think that our holiday scents are going to be going away this year because people really, really love them. Um, Do you have any pine? I don't like right now. Pine? I don't. But our mint scents, we have mine. one that is Maverick, which uh, actually I named that the day that the Top Gun 2 trailer came out. Nice. But that was a great movie when it finally did come out. Again. I still haven't seen it. I, has it, it ever came out? out like, no, it was supposed to come out before Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, I think we're down to Labor Day 2027. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise will be lucky. He'll be 80 years old when that movie finally <laughs> comes out. But yeah, I have, I have the, the bar soap I've got right now at home is Maverick. Yeah. I mean, that jet's still sitting on the end of the runway, and obviously somebody isn't fixing it to get it off. But uh, yeah. We, yeah, because she's making soap. Yeah, yeah. And then we have one that's a Matthew McConaughey dupe, and it's called Dazed and Corn Fused instead of Dazed and Confused. Nice. Um, but yeah, we have we have a we have a butterfly fart, which a little kid <laughs> named it, and he swore up and down. He had learned all about butterflies, and he was telling me all about it because I all like little kids come back and they can smell different scents, and he he was adamant that if a butterfly farted, this is what it would smell like because he had learned in schools that <laughs> butterflies eat flowers. Uh, and in his little five year old mind, if a butterfly farted, this was what it was going to smell like. Smell like a flower. Yeah. yeah. So um, that then I tried to change the name on that one, and nobody liked it, so I just changed it back to butterfly farts. Which now we have like frosty farts, which is like we have a bath bomb that's a snowball, and then we have um, we have dinosaur farts because i mean either the five-year-old and all of us or that five-year-old that wants it it's gonna say that zach's oldest yeah. in that one. Oh yeah they no, he would love he would i would get that though and he'd love that yep so um you know we have a pretty wide variety of scents. we try to kind of hit everybody's you know spot of what they might want and um that rip smells like really good it, it is really good scent do you it, have and i'm uh, sometimes i have to shop for my mother-in-law yeah do you have any that smell like Mario Andretti? I could I could totally make that label. <laughs> we could call it like Magic Mario or yeah, something. Magic Mario have an Italian uh, Italian yeah. flag. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um but you know, we try to get everybody kind of taken care of and you know, people talk about target markets, which my target market kind of defined itself when I was way like I probably should have picked my target market way before I kind of just let it go. Before you started marketing. Yeah, but like I mean, I have little kids and that come in and uh, we have these, like, it's a six pack of kids mix and their kids scents, which are a smaller size bath bomb. And the kids love it for the color. They don't care what it smells like. They just want it to color their bath water. And we have people that like literally came to me. They're like, look, my kid wants the whole bath bomb. If I break it up, they're not happy about it. So we listened to our customers and we started making these smaller bath bombs that allows a kid, you know, and you're not going to go bankrupt in the process. Right. Um, yeah, but they don't see you breaking it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Give me half, me. cheating me. Oh, yeah. And then like we have paint your own ones, and we've had like people get those for like a wine party at their house, and you can paint your own bath bombs. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So if folks uh, are in the area, they can check out uh, Mount Summit, Indiana, mm-hmm. and uh, and stop in or beehivebody.com. dot com. Yep. And do the uh, direct mail thing. Oh yeah. Can we still get something in time for Christmas? Yes, actually, we have been. I, I had a bitter feud last year with USPS. So we went to the UPS and our brown truck shows up every day, which normally we're getting stuff. We have the greatest mail guy ever for the UPS. His name is Kyle. He gives you his phone number and you can call him and he, he's just fantastic. And, yeah. Shout out to Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Let's, I want to go back to the bitter feud. You got my attention. <laughs> what did they, how did they harm you? 
Did they, they steal your boxes? What no. Ha- what happened? Um, so evidently last year, I and I, I think there was a multitude of you know factors that went into what happened with the USPS, but I literally had a box going to Rushville, Indiana, and it was, I think the lady purchased it around like the 5th of December. It sat in Indianapolis on a tractor trailer up until like the 21st of December <laughs> and never waiting. even moved, and they couldn't get mail sorted. And, like, finally, I just sent this lady another package. I'm like, look, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm really, really sorry. Um, nobody she, saw this coming. Did she finally contact you and say, like, I, I got it? Well, I so every morning when I go and I check my shipping software and I see, I make sure that things are getting delivered and I, this thing just was not moving. And, like, I finally reached out to her after about five or six days. I'm like, hey, look, you're in Rushville. Like, I could have driven this thing to your house in, like, 35 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Like, I feel really bad. So, I shipped another one UPS and it just like, I don't know what happened last year with them, but I think they had had to shut down like a whole sorting facility due to COVID. And then they had drivers out and it was just like a domino effect and it just caused a major headache. And I think a lot of people even like using Amazon and stuff like that saw it happen. And there was nothing we could do because by that point, the boxes already left our facility. It's gone. We're done. Um, you know, we held up our end of the deal and then it was just dropped there. So like, and it's really nice because the UPS guy comes to my shop. I don't have to take it anywhere. You know, he's always funny. He comes in and, you know, he's cracking jokes and he's just a really good guy. And um, so we've been shipping everything UPS and their cutoff date is the 20th, the 21st. We have a countdown calendar if you go to our uh, website, which if you're shipping outside of the state, I would probably try to get in there a little bit earlier. Um, just to ensure it, but they've, I've not had anything take more than three or four days to get, I mean, I've had stuff go to Arizona and California and it's not taken a crazy amount of time. So, uh, that's, so I think our cutoff is the 20th or the 21st and then we've been getting orders shipped out within a couple hours. We, uh, we were actually organized and on top of it this year and it's nice. kind of scary when we're all sitting around going, uh, well, the, the shop's not destroyed it. You know, there's not boxes piled up everywhere and you know, we're kind of on it, which I, when, um, what kind of a head count have you got working for you now? Cause you've got, you, once again, you've gone from a, this is an invention you had working in the, in the armed services to, you've got people that are actively working right now while you're sitting here doing this little yes. podcast. Um, so I have uh, two full-time employees and two college kids that work for me. and um, Just busting out soap. Yeah. And they, lip balm. Yeah. In fact, I think tonight I kept getting all these notifications from my blinks, and I think they were organizing something. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let them go. They're, they're doing their thing. I've got a really good crew that could pretty much, we all think for each other, um, they're fantastic and they're just, they're always willing to help and they don't complain. And, you know, we have a good time. It's definitely not a normal work environment. Um, I mean, don't forget your dad too. Oh yeah. Well, so, um, because of where we're at, they still have PO boxes. Yeah. So most of my like Amazon and like my USPS stuff still goes to my parents' house. And every now and then I'll get a pretty, like dad called me one year last year and goes, I can't get out the front door. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoopsies. So I went over and I load everything up in my truck and, or, you know, if we're really busy, I'll call them and say, Hey dad, do you mind, you know, running everything over? And they come over with a big stack of mail and like, he'll bring a truck full of stuff. And, um, so I still have to use their address for some stuff because of the PO box problem. Um, and a lot of my suppliers, because of what they do, they will not ship to you or to yeah, PO boxes. Right. So, um, you know, small town hurdles, <laughs> 
Um, but when you ask, I didn't realize Mount Summit was still peel bottom. Yes, yes, sulfur. I know and Spice, Mount Spiceland is as well. Yep, and Dunreath. Yeah. Wow. So um, I didn't know how real how good I had at living in Newcastle. Yeah, no. you don't. You don't. You're, you're definitely luxury. You're up there. So you guys have to go pick up your mail yourself every day. I don't. I don't live in the town. No, I just ship it to mom and dad's. <laughs> like, I don't even have a P.O. box and I live in Sulphur. I just ship it all to mom and dad and they take care of everything. And So your parents get all of your mail. Yeah. At, at this current age. <laughs> yeah. 41 years old. <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, when you talk about headaches, like that's one of those things you don't ever think about. You have to ship, you know, to a different place. You have to go pick it up. Um, you know, really there's not a lot of headaches. I mean, there was one point where there's actually now a separate shop phone and my personal phone, which not a lot of people have that, my personal number. Um, I do have two Facebook pages because I try not to deal like I've, it was something I had to learn because you go from this young business owner who's trying to make every sale possible. Yep. And you know, you're up till 11 o'clock at night dealing with customers. And I, I had to learn how to separate that. All of a sudden, I was, there has to be a business. Yeah. Versus I was, you. Well, there was uh, one morning that I had worked till about two o'clock in the morning because with COVID, like my employee, the one I had at the time, it was just me and her full time. Well, she still had to homeschool her kids because, you know, we were doing the e-learning thingy. So she wouldn't get into like six or seven at night and we'd work sometimes till like two or three in the morning. So I was like, mom and dad would come in at eight o'clock because, you know, cause they're older. They wake up, you know, when the sun comes up. And, um, so they'd come in about eight o'clock and then I'd work till like two or three with them. And then I'd go crash on the couch in the office and then we'd turn around and she'd come in about six or seven, wake me up. And then we'd work till about two or three in the morning. And somebody messaged me about what bath bombs I had at a wholesale customer. And I remember picking my phone up and launching it off of my bed in a very, very angry (laughs) manner. And I said a whole bunch of four letter words and I was not a very happy camper. And that day I called the girl that works for me and I said, Hey, I'm going to Costco. I'm getting another phone. And that was probably the smartest decision I've ever made was to, you know, separate that home life and work life because I would, I'd be up till, you know, 11 midnight. Couldn't and, put it away. Yeah. And it's just, it's a habit and it's a hard habit to break when you go from that, you know, they're, they're still going to be there tomorrow, but it's hard whenever this is something you built from the ground up, this is your baby. And all at once you're like, okay, you, it's time for you to go to kindergarten and we're going to separate for a few hours a day and I'm going to go have a life. Um, and you know, Facebook, when Facebook kind of went down, that's scary for a small business owner because that's how we do a lot of our, you know, communication. And that's how people figure out where we're going to be during like show season and stuff like that. Cause I'm one of those people, I get so many emails a day. I'm like, please, for the love of all things, holy, do not email me. Like I have a whole separate junk email account. Cause you know, if you sign up, you save 10% today and then they, they manage to send you two or three emails a day. And I'm like, yeah. I know yeah. what you pay for those. Like you're, you're spending a small fortune and, um, they work. it work. It does. Like finally get to point like, look, if I order from you, will you just stop emailing me? <laughs> no matter how many times I unsubscribe. So I try not to, you know, send my customers a bunch of emails. I maybe send them like two or three a year. If that, um, and you know, but when Facebook goes down, like that's kind of scary because that's how you do so much of, you know, your sharing and, um, you know, what you, where you're going to be, what sales you're running, like what hours you have. Cause no matter how many times you like, you put it on your Facebook page, people still just message you to ask you. (laughs) 
So I have like a little message that if you message a business page after hours, it pops back and it, you know, tells you like what hours we're open and, you know, where you can find us and our address because we ordered a sign during COVID. We still haven't got it. I think it's well, like, COVID's not technically over yet. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but the price of vinyl went through the roof. Sure. So by the time they got the vinyl in to do it, the price of vinyl had quadrupled, which I mean, I get it. I, it's tough. And, you know, will things ever go back to normal? I, I don't know with the shipping situation. Um, I, 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 I mean, if I had a magic eight ball, well, I do have a magic eight ball. It just doesn't give me the answers I always want. Eventually, things are going to level out. It's yeah. just, you know, it, there's going to be a balance again. We don't know exactly where that's going to be, what the dollar is yeah. going to be worth, but eventually it will catch up. Yeah. You we'll know, and luckily people, like, I will have to say, I've never seen such a push. I've done this for long enough now to support local, whether it be um, the produce stand to, lo- we actually, I think we're up to two or three um, farmers here that are selling meat locally now and doing very well with it. Um, You know, all this push to support that local dollar and they want to give back. And, you know, I've had many people come in in the last two years and been like, we're only buying local Christmas presents. We're not doing any Amazon. We're not doing any like drop shipping or anything like that. That's been really cool. And uh, we continue to see that grow because, you know, like I told somebody one day, I said, Amazon's not going to sponsor, you know, your kids, you know, baseball team and they're, you know, Walmart's not going to go buy your, your kids show pig. And, uh, they're really starting to see that us local people really like to take care of, you know, like I support FFA. I, um, I'm a donor for the 4-H. Um, you know, those are things that I did when I was a kid and, uh, you know, it allows us to help them. It's this whole thing that you're talking about with, uh, the supply chain and things. People Mm -hmm. become more aware of, buying American made, but like that's not quite enough as you can attest to as someone who's making a product in America. Yeah. The supply chain, like the companies that are making things in America, a lot of times they're waiting on things that are made overseas. Oh yeah. Like, so I think, and there's, there's kind of, uh, an underground swell. There's a push of things like, like Samsung, um, is, Finally making, they're starting a plant in Texas to start making these computer chips that we've been waiting on from China. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to happen. Uh, The sweatshirt that I have on is made by Origin in Maine. And a cool thing that they start, that they do is as a clothing manufacturer is everything in their supply chain is from America, Mm -hmm. from the cotton that is grown in America Oh, wow. They process the cotton themselves and spin it into fabric and then make the sweatshirts. They make jeans and stuff. Everything that they do is made in America. I think that there's a little bit of a push to that. American cotton doesn't have nearly the stigma it used to have. No. <laughs> but I don't think that we're quite there. I no. don't think that people really understand that. And no. like, I've been a union member my <laughs> anybody needs entire Zach, he's adult been slayed life. over in the corner. I've been a union member my whole adult life, and like one thing that that unions do big time is like push American made products. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that for a really long time, and it it always kind of surprises me when I'm like, oh yeah, I always make sure like my boots are are from a company made in America, and someone's like, oh, I never really think about it. I'm like, how do you not think about it? Yeah. You know? Well, and then they're not going to think about it until like we what we saw 
you know, with the supply chain where it's not available. And then they, you know, you've got a leather worker down the road from you and you're yeah, like, right. oh, I didn't know you were making belts and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, things like that. And um, that's way better quality than what I can pick up from Walmart. Yeah. And if Amazon. something goes wrong with it, I, you know, you're going to be able to call that person and you're going to be able to fix that problem. Yeah. And uh, that's something, you know, uh, being I so I'm actually a disabled veteran. Um, I've had people come to me just because I'm a female disabled veteran owned company like you know, we're actually in the process of getting onto list because I really want to get into the Airbnb market and I want to be able to, you know, supply local Airbnbs where I can make everything um, like whatever the name of their Airbnb is. If, you know, they have something out on a lake, like we can take a picture, we can put it on the label. Um, we can have their own line of soaps where, you know, you have this really pretty place out in the middle of nowhere that you can completely cater to. And, um, that I think is something that's really cool because I see people that aren't wanting to, you know, do the big trips to like DC. They're not wanting to go to Vegas. They're wanting to go rent a house out in the middle of the woods for a week and, you know, just get back to nature, you know, disconnect from everything. And um, that's something that's a really cool market I th- would really like to break into. And yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then not only that, you know, you have these people that are going to go spend a lot of money to rent some of these Airbnbs. You know, you give them a little thank you package with a bag. And, you know, you put like a little half bar of soap in there, a lip balm. And that way, because I always like, we do a lot of the custom lip balms. Um, Corey Owens is a home inspector here in town. I do. I've absolutely had Corey's uh, beehive. Yeah. Have you? Um, you know, and I always say, well, why should chapstick be in your pocket? Why shouldn't it be your logo in other people's pockets? Like, I can tell you, I know where my lip balms are. And most people do. So why not put your business card on a lip balm? It's inexpensive. People are going to continue to use it. They last forever. Um you know, and that's something that, you know, we're starting to see a pickup of as well as, you know, people like Corey's been, Corey and I have been friends ever since high school. And um, it's been really cool to see him go on as, go out on his own and, you know, other small business friends, like the girl that uh, prints these for me, she owns Bohemian Barn. She's just up north of Sulphur. Um, you know, the people that make cups for us that do all this stuff for us. Like we've been able to tap into all these other small businesses, get their name out there along with us. Like I did forget your beer koozies. I do have Beehive Body Company beer koozies that she made for me. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I'll, I'll get you some. And uh, if I'd only drink a beer tonight. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, if only I'd remembered the koozie. <laughs> so much would have been different. I know. But, um, you know. need to buy a new laptop. Yeah. But that's the crazy part is I, it took me a long time to understand that like people are like, oh, do you have shirts? And it's mainly the guys. Like a lot of the yeah. guys will go to like a brewery and buy a t-shirt. And I'm yeah. like, well, why aren't yeah. we selling beehive shirts? So we've offered a couple different sweatshirts and some t-shirts. We'll offer up some t-shirts again in the spring again. But um, we always use another small local business to print them and bleach them and do all that process. So it's been able to, you know, we're kind of just piggybacking on each other throughout all this. And it's really cool to see, you know, people's names get out there and what they're able to do with just a word of mouth. And that's what I love seeing. And, you know, Henry County, they're supportive. This area is so supportive of their small businesses. And it's really cool, you know, to see that and to see it grow over the last two years. I mean, it just took, you know, uh, you know, (laughs) generational pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) But um, hey, here we are. <laughs> so I, I will. I still say that the I don't know if you I think you were out there last uh, last Thursday night with the uh, the Christmas walk that we had. Uh, it was, was in there were 70 vendors out there on yeah. the street. It was insanity. And I think it's because I 
saw an email from the chamber and I didn't pay attention to it because, <laughs> you know, too many emails. Yeah. And, you know, there's some of those, you know, sometimes I do have to remember that I have been injured. And actually, I had surgery on October 1st and they put a five inch plate in my arm and I was at a show. Um, Does that mean you now have a good arm or no. a better arm and a really good arm? It, it's not really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it's kind of turned into a disaster. Let's just say my snowboarding career uh, lasted exactly eight hours. And that was it. And this is, though, by the time it's all said and done, I'll have three different sets of cast and four surgeries from laughing at a friend falling down the bunny hill. So I, I am my mother's daughter sometimes. But um, did you ever hear the story about how my mom tore ACL? I did. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know. We like, should have like, put that in the Patreon because that's a great story. Oh, yeah. I, I won't do that to my mom on. <laughs> but, yeah, if you want the greatest story ever about. Poor Beth. Come check in at Beehive Body. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And um, we'll tell you. Yeah, but uh, people in the door. Yeah, so you know, it's one of those. Uh, you know, the VA took great care of me. The Indianapolis VA is actually one of the top VAs in the United States. My mom was completely impressed with you know how they handled me and you know how they communicated with her during the surgery. And my surgeon's been fantastic. So I'm I'm down a few more months. Um, but uh, you know, it's nice that you know we've still been able to go on that. I still have the, you know, the employees and stuff and the support from friends and family that'll go, you know, and everybody always says, Oh, I'll come and help you anytime you need it. And like, these people actually mean it. Like they'll I could, show up. Yeah. Um, you know, we did farmer's pike this year, which was the craziest thing I've ever done. Um, in that's fact, that's where I saw you. Guys yeah. Okay. Just, just wait until you finally do Fort Bologna days. I I've heard, oh. I I've heard of that <laughs> one. Classy for Fort Bologna days. Um, but Farmer's Pike, uh, I went to pay for my spot for the next year. And uh, again, Cindy Gibson does that one with me. And we ended up with a 20-foot by, I think, 80-foot compound out there. Wow. <laughs> like two trailers. slinging some yeah. soap. 20-foot uh, by 20-foot tent for me that had complete with gutters. Like my boyfriend Ooh. installed gutters in my tent because it rains every year there. So he went in there and he farm engineered these labor day was incredibly rainy this yes year. yes in fact they shut it down on saturday night and um you know we do these outdoor festivals and people come back every year which the thing that i got really really blindsided with it uh farmer's pike was people were wanting christmas and i'm like the the, the tassels on the corner still yellow like what's wrong with you people <laughs> like i and so we sat there at farmer's pike and that's actually whenever we figured out our christmas since and um the one of the fragrance companies that I love and use actually did the crushed candy cane. She is actually a Marine Corps veteran out of Texas. So it's been really cool to find these small vendors that, you know, um, we have in common and we, her and I talk trash all the time. We'll send each other, you know, crown memes and stuff about the, the Marine Corps. And we have a really cool relationship and, um, she puts funny notes in my box and, uh, then like the rip scent actually comes out of a uh, husband and wife team out of Wisconsin. So a lot of our stuff for the most part, um, most of our oils and stuff come from a female owned company up in Chicago. Uh, one of our other bigger suppliers is actually out of Ohio. So we have all these people and uh, you know, that are local to us that I've, I've had to drive to when I knew that shipping was going to take too long. So we, you know, we try to do as much local possible as we can just to control your own supply chain again, once again. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's taking care of those, like, there's some major soap suppliers. And, you know, they're they're having thousands of orders a day. 
but you find these little niche companies that have just the coolest story. Like they're why they do this. And um, you get to know them and, you know, you become Facebook friends with them and, you know, you're like, okay, not only do you produce a really, really quality product, you're really a cool person. Like I would sit down and drink a beer with you and like I would hang out with you outside of work. And that's been something really cool to get to know some of these people. Um, You know, Susie that owns, it's actually called Muddy Soap Company. Um, Her facility burnt down uh, in the middle of the summer and she put up a, like a GoFundMe and stuff to help her and like the soaping community really chipped in for her. And, um, you know, there's soap, you talk about your Facebook groups. I have soap Facebook groups and, you know, there's things that, you know, we become friends with. There's a small group of us that just own brick and mortars. And, um, we're mainly in the Midwest, but we have one girl that just actually opened up her third brick and mortar. And she's out, I believe in Pennsylvania, but I can't imagine like, running one brick and mortar is enough of is enough of a trip for me. Um, I can't imagine having three of those, but to be that successful with making soap and um, she's just a really cool mentor. And um, you know, on the, on the grand scale of this, I'm still a baby in this industry. There's people that have been soaping for 20 or 30 years. And um, you know, I, I hope to still be doing it when I'm, you know, 20, 30 years down the road that I'm that, you know, cranky old soap maker that is like, what are you doing? Next thing you know, you're going to find yourself at goat conventions trying to find yourself more and more yeah. milk to, oh. to scale up. Well, it, yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because I actually, I actually, uh, I, I joined a goat milk groupie page is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, no. well, th- this is 41 kids. Th- this is where we're at. This, um, is, this is what you have to look forward to. Yeah. And, and well, I, if the if the uh, the goat project hasn't hit you up to sponsor some trophies, I don't know what else they need nah, to do down nah. at the 4-H fair. Well, it's really crazy. Um, so I I oddly enough this summer broke into like the show animal circuit and the horse circuit because uh, one of my employees she rodeos, so oh, we ended up making shampoo cool. bar for horses. And you know me being tired and you know having a sense of humor, I named them show poos. And then we also have Rough Poo, which is our dog shampoo. And, uh, you know, I'm not always politically correct. Like, I want to have fun with what I do. No, those are funny. Yeah, and we got to go. Like, I went, in fact, I saw Jeremiah a lot working in the junior leaders booth at the uh, local county fair because we had, like, kids that had used these bars on their show animals and stuff to shine them up. And, you know, I, I wanted to go see how these were working. So now we're getting into, like, the rodeo market and the horse market. And um, it's really interesting because like I went to horse Congress this year and I'm like, not this coming year, but like the following year, am I going to have a booth at horse Congress, you know, for 20 some odd days. Um, but you know, that's just, it's a really, it's a really cool market to be part of. And um, they, horse people have a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I the mean, best, the best way, this is from my personal experience. And then we're going to, we're going to move on. Yeah. The best way to make money in the horse industry is to not own a horse, but, be involved in the hey, we're you're a vendor at a show, or you're yeah. involved with putting the show on. Is that yeah. kind of like that saying? Uh, yeah. How do you become a millionaire in the horse industry? Start out as a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, and we, <laughs> you go work the shows. Yeah, <laughs> there there is one horse, and you know he's been my test subject, and he he hates bass. So I'm like, look, we're we're gonna have to be friends here, and you're gonna have to work with us. But um. You know, that's something where our business just kind of keeps evolving as time goes. And, uh, you know, seeing these kids go out and, you know, they've worked with these animals all summer and, you know, they're showing their horses or their cows. And, you know, the fact that we can go out there and support that, um, 
you know, 4-H and junior leaders and FFA was a huge part of my life. And uh, I'm sure from your involvement, it was for you as well. Uh, it still is. Yeah. And I've had two 4-H meetings in the last week. Yes, it still it still yeah. continues. I don't know if I can do the meeting part, but, um, <laughs> you know, to go out and see those kids and to see their achievement and see all their hard work pay off. And that, to me, is just really cool. And I do a lot with, like, the FFA for, like, the business marketing. And I work... Um, some with Shenandoah and some with uh, Try High locally to work with those marketing kids and to listen to them go over their pitches. And, you know, I pick it apart. And, um, you know, I, I remember those people that did that for us. And granted, it went over a Zoom meeting. It would have been a lot easier and it probably would have been at six o'clock in the morning. But, um, you know, I, I know that what that gave me public speaking wise and stuff with FFA that I want those kids to go out in the world with that. That's so. awesome. Yeah, very exciting to uh, to find find new avenues, and you, yeah. you find yourself supporting that. And the next thing you know, you're plugged into those communities, and they're buying the products too. Yep, exactly. It, uh, it benefits itself. Tell me all about racing. Ugh. Actually, you can tell Jeremiah oh. all about it while I go get a, another bush light. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the silly season for IndyCar started. Dre and Reinbold announced their 500 lineup, and I just became they became my least favorite team. That's uh, the entire reason I put this in the notes. Yeah, today. yeah. Was to make, my, my make response Zach deal immediately with it. was like, oh, I don't like this team because it's shirtless Sage Karam, uh, who couldn't afford a shirt when he had a full time <laughs> ride. And I mean, honestly, he's kind of become more of a doughy Sage Karam now. He's, well, he's uh, married. Yeah, he, he's not. Uh, he's and, not the the cover boy model that he was ten years ago. And exactly. then there's uh, Santino Ferrucci, who's the most exotic sounding guy from Connecticut ever. Um, but they're just like I don't really dis wholly dislike either one of them. But when you put them together, I'm just like, Ugh, what you an arrogant exotic team. sounding guy. Santino Ferrucci. Santino Ferrucci sounds guess? like sounds like he's from. Uh, Tulum, Italy. Yeah, yeah. he's from yeah. Connecticut. Like and a then, South American drug lord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. The, Turin, Italy. One, one of my saying. fun jokes with like IndyCars, there's a bunch of drivers whose names give you no indication of where they're from. You'd be very confused if you just, if I gave Dakota a list of drivers and said, tell me which ones of these drivers are American and which ones are foreign and where do you think they're from? Joseph Newgarden with an F. J-O-S-E-F. Where is he uh, from? Germany. He's from Tennessee. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. Huh. Scott Dixon. Ah, uh, you're pulling me on this one. He's foreign. Where's he from? <sighs> give me a give me a country. London. London's not a country. Uh, I mean Great Britain. You know <laughs> what I mean. He's from London in Great Britain. He's New Zealand. Uh, uh, Dario. That's close enough. That's pretty much he, a, good, a good one though. He's retired. Dario Franchitti. Where do you think he's from? Dario Franchitti? Yeah, Dario Franchitti. <laughs> um Virginia. Scottish. <laughs> so, and then we have Ed Jones. Oh, yes. Ed Jones. Ed Jones is the best. Where's he from? Dubai. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's just that one's the funniest. Yeah. Gilles de Ferran. Sweden. France. Yeah. But Brazilian. But Brazilian, yes. <laughs> yes. He's Portuguese. Uh, so, uh, Will Power. I know this one. Wait. No, I don't. His his hometown Australia, great. yeah, yeah. yeah Toowoomba. Scott McLaughlin. That's a North Carolina name. It I is now. He lives now, but he's from <laughs> Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it's some of the names. McLaughlin. Just, I just think North Carolina. That's he, he loves Carolina. He lives in North Carolina now because he works for Roger Penske. Yeah. Um, and Paul Tracy's out at NBC Sports, which I'm not super shocked and just whatever. It's probably because he's going to get replaced by James Hinchcliffe, which is a cooler not cooler guy. 
maybe his it's the new era of Canadians. Yeah, yeah, nicer, friendlier Canadian who doesn't go full Zabruder film on twenty year old indie car footage every May. And what's then, the uh, what's the pre show? PRI. I just assumed since uh, everything else is pronounced like a word in racing, <laughs> it's like I made the USAC. Yeah. Do you know what SEMA is? Like SEMA hey, is the listen, specialty. This equipment. is a family friendly yeah. podcast. Well, SEMA is like the specialty equipment <laughs> manufacturers association. It's like all who makes car accessories. PR. That's a huge show they do in October in Vegas. PRI is like the racing equivalent to that show. Performance it, racing industry. PRI. And it's been in Indianapolis for a couple of years, and it's a huge show. I had no idea. Do you go, Zach? No, it's it. You, you have to get be in, in as a civilian. You have to be oh, in the industry. Yeah. Oh wow! It's so invite only. I got a DM. From Uh-oh. our our friend, uh, Kyle Robbins. And he said, hey, man, I got a three-day ticket to PRI, but I can't go X day and Y day. Do you want to go on Saturday? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> it is the largest convention. So you're going. I'm going to go Saturday. Wow. It is the largest convention that Indianapolis has had since COVID. Uh. 70,000 attendees over three days. It is the, all of Lucas Oil Stadium. Dang. Plus two segments of the convention center have you ever Holy been before crap. no very first oh, time. first time the closest You've i've gone? been over there is they um i i have not i have friends that go a lot i so my pre-military career i was actually a chef at the indianapolis motor speedway oh that's cool so i a lot of a lot of behind the scenes things that i saw like when you're talking about uh dario i actually did the unveiling party for um hydrate green racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I've done a lot of work for like the team parties during the month of May. Um, it, it's I, I I live the rock star lifestyle for about seven years. My parents got to hang out, so my sister ends up coming to work for this company too. Well, my okay, you were involved with catering, yes, at the Speedway. So my sister, God love her, she doesn't know who anybody is. So she'd take pictures of these people and send them to my parents in the pagoda and be like, "Hey, who is this?" And my dad's like, "Are you serious?" So one day, this was back when Mary Holman was alive. She was on an elevator. You have to back her. up for Dakota. Oh. He has no okay. idea. Mary Holman used to own the Speedway. Oh, okay. Own okay. the place. Dang. Yeah, she okay. she 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 was the head of the Holman like family. Your sister been like, Who's yeah. this lady? Well, and Becca almost alerted security because she thought she was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw her one time. I saw her one time, and I was like, "Dad, who's that bag lady?" She's like, "She owns the track." Because she did. She she was. Um, as my parents would call the definition of old money. Now we're talking about Mary Holman or Mary Holman George. This would have been probably Mary Holman George. Yeah, Holman George. My bad. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm showing Dakota okay, the correct but, picture. Like, oh, but, okay. But Becca would like, in case anybody's figured out, Mary's my cousin. Yeah. So Becca would like text, and she's like, "There's a golfer up here," and like, "What do they look like?" Well, they're white and they have a baseball cap. <laughs> okay, so it's not like VJ Singh or Tiger Woods. That's all we've established. <laughs> and at one point, she didn't know who Don Marsh was, and Don Marsh owned the company that Marsh she worked grocery for. Grocery store. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And local. That's a that's a local. And he owned. He was in commercials, Mary. Yeah, His I, company owned her catering company. He was her boss, <laughs> and did not know who he was. Dakota's looking at a picture of yeah, Mary Holman George. If I had seen this lady in the track. I would have been like, hey, is she supposed to be here? Yeah. Like, and, you know, but we got to meet a lot of cool people. My parents, like, got to go hang out in, like, one of the top floors of the pagoda. <laughs> you uh, know what might have helped Mary Holman, George? Vodka? Sunscreen? <laughs> Some beehive body products? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think I could fix that. <laughs> too far gone, man. No, no. It's too far um, gone. No. Listen, listen. 
Uh, skincare should usually be all natural, but there comes a time for yeah. chemicals. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and she was always nice. I mean, she, she, she would stop on the, so actually one of our cousins, their wife was her, uh, nurse towards the end. And she was notorious for stopping and picking up dogs along the way. And like, we did some fundraiser for her and Jim Ursay out at the Colts Pavilion. And it was Saks Fifth Avenue released their dog line. So she rescued all of these greyhounds, and these dogs were drinking bottled water out of fountains. Oh boy! Oh yeah, and it it was it was fantastic. But um, she she had a very big heart. She did a lot for animal rescue around here. She donated a lot of money to charity. But yeah, poor Becca. She comes back and she's like, "I screwed up almost," and I was like, "What you do?" But um, you know, we got to hang around the track. We got to meet like Johnny Rutherford. Told me the story about how you met his wife. She was a nurse at yeah. the track, right? Yeah, and he he looked right at her. He was getting ready to go out to um to qualify, and he looked at her. He got out of his car as they're pulling him onto the speedway, and goes, "I'm going to marry you." He goes out, wins the pole that year, comes back. She's in the same spot, ends up marrying her, and they were married for forever until and, she died two years ago. Yeah. yeah, I I worked with a guy that worked in finance mm-hmm. and had a lot of money, and whenever he had left that life. He was frequenting a bar and fell for the bartender, mm-hmm. and she showed him a picture of a house on her phone and was like, wow, look at this place. This is amazing. So he <laughs> asked her on a date, and they went on a date, and they went out to dinner and got drinks, and then they went driving afterwards, and he drove up to the house that she'd showed him. She's like, this is the house I showed you, and he's like, yeah, this is my house now. Oh, wow. And he's like, I bought this, and I want you to move in with me. And she did. And they've been <laughs> married I, probably like 12 years now. And nobody that was creeped so out. Cool. I don't think she showed it on the phone, because 10, 10, 12 years ago, we, we had a hell of a time showing things on phones. What? Phones. 2000, 2012? Actually, no, that isn't that long ago. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, you didn't have a smartphone 2011? in 2011? Yes, I did. I, I think okay. I got my first BlackBerry in like 2009. So I had picture phones before then, but they were man, they were awful. Oh, I had, I had some very, I had a cursor. That was, that on was the phone. very quick math because he probably told me that story like six years ago, too. And I don't know what, how long he said he'd been married then. Yeah, this is, that that plays into some of my. Final it doesn't thoughts. really matter when we get into it. It's okay. It's okay. I I, I the sense of time and space is something that uh, that always that always. Are we there us now? Up. Are you going to kick us off? Uh no we're gonna we're gonna really quickly cover Mary mentioned the Indianapolis Colts the Colts have been on hard knocks and I've been staying up late to watch HBO on my bootleg version that I that I'm I, I'm a registered account user from uh, from my brother I, uh, I I think he uses my Netflix and I use his uh, his uh, HBO the home box office are you aware of the hard knocks series Dakota no so it's a reality show where they follow around a football team. And they've for like the last for 15 years, they followed around in the preseason, a team that didn't fire their coach in the offseason, but didn't make the playoffs. This is the very first time they've done in season. We can't hear you. This is the very first time that they've done this during the season and they're following the Indianapolis Colts. So we're four weeks in and they've been they've been showing off the city of Indianapolis and they've been following players around hmm. at home what they're doing and you watch the game on Sunday then you see the behind the scenes story on uh, on Wednesday night I'll that's have pretty to check neat check that out so it is fantastic yeah. 
uh, I actually worked for the Colts for many, many years. And this was back during the glory days with Reggie Wayne and Peyton and um, Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of my employees introduced Jeff Saturday and his wife. Um, yeah, she's, I met him once and he was so nice. Yeah. And they, really all those guys and like those guys, they really are. And Peyton was always so cool, but I had a shirt signed by like three or four of them. My mom about killed him because I gave it away to some kid. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was one of those, but, uh, yeah, like the, most of the Colts players that I encountered working for them were just fantastic. And, um, you know, Peyton, it was, it was back in those glory days and it was just, he was the nicest guy. He was terrified of his wife because one time he was back in the kitchen and they were hosting something and he was back there eating and he looks at me and goes, don't call my wife and tell her that I spoiled dinner. And I'm like, <laughs> first off, like, like I have your wife's like, phone number. Like, I'm pretty sure I don't have her number. Um, you're safe. And uh, Mrs. Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, so here, take a picture of your husband yeah. eating food that he's not You'll supposed never to never believe who I'm looking at right yeah. now. But those guys, man, they eat. We did uh, work with the Combine and how you have to feed like the special teams guys to, you know, the linemen and all that. Um, it, it's just the amount of food those guys eat is astronomical. And it's it's no different than feeding IndyCar drivers to Formula One drivers. Formula One drivers are like couscous and like grilled fish. And then you've got like the NASCAR drivers that want chicken and waffles. Like they just don't care. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it, all the Colts players were always very generous, very nice, willing to sign stuff, which we never were really allowed to ask for stuff. So they would always ask us, be like, Hey, do you want us to sign anything while we're here? And, you know, sometimes we'd be like, yeah, sure. If you don't mind, like we're going to raffle this off for charity. And then other times we're like, Nope, we just want to sit here and hang out with you and talk to you. That's cool. So that's cool. Fantastic. It's worth, uh, if you can find yourself, I'm not recommending you go out and subscribe to HBO just for yeah. this. But if you've got a connection, to can we all just steal Danny's? You can steal Danny's. <laughs> I, if you're a Cricket Wireless subscriber, I think you get a free uh, a free HBO deal as well. I'm just gonna text Danny. There's a yeah. there's a lot. Everybody of text Danny. Let there's, me get his number. <laughs> there's a lot of options. Uh, so yeah, it's but it's 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 worth worth checking out. They uh, they profiled one player uh, the week before who uh, who actually Kenny Moore, who's a, Zach. You know Kenny Moore from the IndyCar world now. He was uh, Joey Molinero's buddy for a couple of days shooting. Kenny and, and Joey would go out and shoot uh, shoot at the track. Oh, wow. Shoot photos, and, and, and Kenny's become a big Indy 4 car fan. So the third week of the show, they followed Kenny around, and he had developed a relationship with a kid that had cancer in and, mm-hmm. and the family, and unfortunately, the kid passed away in 2020. But he's continued to do Thanksgiving with the family Aww. every year. Uh, and then they came to the game, and he had an incredible game in, in the third week, and then he had, a, he had an interception and a forced fumble this week. So they followed Kenny around. Uh, great show. It's it, the human interest side is fantastic. <laughs> Football, yes, whatever, but yeah, the human interest side is it's well worth it. All right, we'll work our way into final thoughts. Zachary, what uh, what do you got for me this week? I don't have much. This weather's awful. If you're check local listings, <laughs> it was 46 degrees in the studio this afternoon when I finally turned the heat on at five it's o'clock. It's going to be 63 next Wednesday. Yeah, I'm going to try and see if this audio works. So I was playing with something because it's just reminding me of some fun audio from back in the day. Careful. <laughs> Oh, it's not doing it. He's got he's got something muted. I'll help you, Zach. He's efforting. Uh, we're searching. Of, oh wait, yeah, here we're pressing check. buttons. Let me check another button here. Searching. <laughs> you have to unmute the laptop and unmute the uh, yeah, the, the video. I was safely had everything muted. I've abused Zach too many times. <laughs> here it comes. I heard a click. He's efforting. We're trying. 
Have you tried pouring a drink down the laptop? That can help. That can help. Here we go. I'm having to open up a menu. We all know how Zach has goes. launched. Are you trying to print? What is going no, on? I've got it. I had it muted. muted. <laughs> I've got it now. But give me a sec. I get back. This Efforting. Is a, this is a throw- searching. This is a throwback to some audio that Jeremiah will remember. If I can. Oh, here we go. This is a segment. So it'll be a little audio before and after. Nope. Don't have it yet. Still don't have it. Ah, never mind. I was trying to play some Joseph uh, Joseph Newgarden Incognito when he would just play Dario Franchitti <laughs> over and over again. So uh, we can uh, Zach can at least put the link at the Patreon group for folks if they're if they're patrons. Uh, I believe that Joseph would go behind the scenes and uh, and find play and find folks and try to say, "Hey, have you heard of this Joseph Newgarden kid?" <laughs> nope. Oh, still not. Don't have it. Yeah, I'll post a link. It was some pretty funny stuff because he was a rookie that year, and he would go, and nobody knew who he was. And he was interviewing people, and he would even ask about himself. <laughs> He's like, have you heard this Joseph Newgarden kid? And they're like, yeah, we don't know anything about that guy. And I'm like, what about jo- Dario Franchitti? Oh, we love Dario Franchitti. And it was all about Dario Franchitti, and uh, it was pretty entertaining. But the funny thing was anytime somebody mentioned Dario Franchitti, he had this like beauty shot of Dario. And if you've seen Dario, <laughs> like he's- Dario he's, was married to one of the Judds. Yes. Well, and, the, the uh, movie star Judd, and then he upgraded his new wife looks a lot nicer, but uh, and a lot better person, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. So, but other than that, I'm trying to think if there's anything really like going on, and I don't think so too much. So, go out and hang out with your family and enjoy the holiday season. Do the uh, do the very best you can, Mary. If we've forgotten anything that we needed to cover. I I think we're good. I want to thank you guys for allowing me. I've watched this for a long time, and I I kind of mentioned to you, I was like, hey, you should you know spotlight a local small business, and you know I I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity and um to be here, and you know to hopefully let people know that we're here that maybe didn't know, and a few other small businesses here in town, and it's a great opportunity to get some stocking stuffers done. Between, oh, between now and Christmas as well, if yep. you jump on the Beehive Body website, and if yep. you know what you want, you can pick it. You order it online, and if you want just to pick up, you just drive out there, and yep. she throws it in a bag on a shelf, and you go in there and grab it. We still offer no contact pickup because you know that was something that was invented during COVID. But it's also really handy because we can't produce everything we need to and be open, you know, five, six days a week. So we do Wednesday store hours and then Friday and Saturday, but we offer no contact picked up Tuesday through Saturday. So if you just want to come in and grab your stuff and run out, it's sitting on a shelf waiting for you with your name on it. Or we can ship and we can even ship overseas to APO, AP addresses. Um, We have some of that stuff go, so... So what you're saying is that if you just go down there and, and you look on the shelves, there's a bunch of free stuff. It's just like it's just like grabbing yourself a uh, a, a Grubhub. Uh, yeah, there's, it, there's just pizzas ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't suggest that there are there are cameras, <laughs> but uh, it's funny because there'll be people that'll poke their head and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm picking up for so and so," and you know, we we do charge for shipping. It is a ten dollar flat rate, but if you know, if your thing is only like two or three bucks to ship, we're going to throw in like a half a bar of soap or some lip balms in there for you. Um, we win some, we lose some on shipping. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's a whole lot easier for you, I'm sure, yeah. to uh, to just say, oh, it's 10 bucks versus. Yeah. And since we're not weighing combinations, but we have gift sets for men and women. Um, we have chapsticks. We have um, 
sh- uh, shower steamers, which are really popular right now. We have. Yeah, I f- love the shower steamers. They're, like a strong menthol. Yep. That's we have like. one that's called Booger Buster that we can't yeah, keep made right now. What, man? Um, so, yeah, you know, kind of find a little something for everybody. And, you know, it's not weird to buy people bath stuff. Like, if people come in and be like, is it weird to get this for somebody? And I'm like, well, do you want them to smell good? <laughs> like, no. Um, so. Yeah, other than that, we appreciate the local support. Um, you know, it, this has been a rough two years for everybody. So, you know, to see people still coming out and to see small businesses really flourishing, it's been a really cool experience. Well, very cool. Dakota, What uh, you got anything for me? Yeah, I wanted to talk about something. I've uh, uh, A podcast I listened to, I listened to uh, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn. And one thing that he does, and I don't know why I haven't thought about this before, is he has, like, listeners will call in, like, but they won't call in. They just leave a voicemail on online. But I remembered that our website is set up to leave for for people to leave a voicemail message. So that... So that Zach can try to play it and it never does work. So that work. we can try oh. so that we can play it. <laughs> Let's, I love this. Let's get Zach more effort, more work. So it's like, I want to, I, I just wanted to point that out. Like, I don't think that it's something that we're ever going to put into the main show, but I do think that it would be fun for Patreon members, uh, especially. I mean, if there was something super funny or super cool that we could put in the main show, like maybe a host only show, we would do it. Um, you know, well, we would see, but like, I want to have Christmas wishes for Dakota. I want people to put some, to start leaving us some voicemails. Have you ever listened to the smiley? I think it's a smiley morning show does the weekend drunk dials and they have a specific number set up that people will drunk dial them on the weekend and leave them voicemails. I love that. (laughs) He, Theo does it to where like he will put on his Instagram, like, this is who I'm having on this week. He puts on the guest and then people call in and ask questions and then they screen the best questions. And he just like, well, like we'll be sitting here and he will title the episode like a soap maker. Yeah. So you call in and they're like, Hey Theo, Hey soap maker. Uh, I have a question about like, where do you get your goat milk from? Yeah. And they'll do like that, like four times. And some of them are like genuinely way funnier or way more creative than anything that like a host could think of. It just sounds, but like I don't Dakota, think we're going to do that. It just here. sounds like Dakota's getting lazy. I just think that it would be funny to put that in like, or something fun to do in the Patreon, something to where like the Patreon is always kind of like the warm up, especially yeah. for guests that aren't used to being on camera or on a show or something. We just kind of talk. You mm-hmm. get a feel for how it is. I think that that would be a, a good way to do it. Plus we don't have to try to think of like, why does the wind knock out electricity? <laughs> that was a legit complaint. I, there were so many people that were pissed at you. And you, wasn't, you weren't even involved. It it's not like it you made the wind. It's not like you caused the problem that you the caused most, the tree. The I'm, most hilarious part of it was with us contacting Dakota and going, yeah, you know, with that many people out, you'd think my phone would ring. Nobody's mentioned it to me. Nobody called me about it. This is the first time <laughs> And you know what? Part. Nobody did have to call me. That's... That's they, what it was. You weren't you weren't quite as important of a cog and machine. All right, two things. I'll be very brief here with the uh, for the first one. Uh, I developed a friendship with a guy named Jake Rose through the uh, through the IndyCar world. Jake is a play by play guy in Nashville, Tennessee. Big uh, big IndyCar fan. I met him at the uh, Nashville Grand Prix. Friend of Joey Molinero's as well. He's from Indianapolis originally. 
uh, and he works at uh, ESPN three. He does a bunch of different Vanderbilt basketball wow. games, uh, Middle Tennessee, a lot of a lot of sports. He's an up and coming play by play dude, and uh, big uh, big future. But he's also got a big heart. And Jake has been leading a toy drive for the last couple of years. And two years ago, the last time pre COVID, they uh, they raised over five thousand dollars in children's toys that went to the. Uh, we have the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital mm-hmm. and the Riley Children's Hospital. Well, they have the Vanderbilt University Children's Hospital down in Nashville, Tennessee, and they raised $5,000 worth of toys. So putting the word out for Jake. Sarah and I sent some toys. You order it direct on Amazon, have it shipped to him, and, and they show up down there. So I uh, wanted to put that out to the community. I shared the uh, the pitch video from Jake on my on my Facebook page today. So if folks uh, want to check that out, you can jump on there. And, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of ways to give during the holiday season. We, uh, we adopted a family through 4-H. That was one of my meetings that we talked about <laughs> earlier this week. On uh, on Tuesday night, the uh, the, the junior leader four H club, we uh, kids get together and we uh, we adopted three ki- uh, actually four kids through uh, through the Salvation Army and another organization. And kids pulled out of their own pockets, went and spent a few hundred dollars on gifts, wrapped oh, them up, and they all awesome. they got delivered this week. So uh, lots of ways to give, both with Jake's Jake's deal. Um, talked about some of the Facebook groups where we got yeah. online and uh, how they have some. You know, there's a lot of crappy Facebook groups. Also a good way to meet a lot of folks and do some good yeah. in your community. So um, that's that. Our dear leader Chris Spengel got married this week, this last weekend, and uh, we talked about it on the on the uh, Patreon last week a touch. But uh, here's here's my existential existential crisis, Dakota. Uh, the new Reagan Spengel. I assume she's taking his name, and he's not uh, he's not taking the hunt name as uh, producer Chris did. <sighs> she she uh, apparently doesn't know who. Paul McCartney is. He has. She has. She has no idea who Steve Martin is, and she doesn't know who John Candy is. I said, "Does she at least know Chris Farley?" And she said, "No." Does no she clue. live under a rock? She says, "I'm 27 years old." This is this is the problem we have as we as we age I'm 26. out. As we age out, Dakota, I love all those people. What <sighs> I love all of them. What happens? What? How do you continue to relate? Because to me, I feel like some of these things are timeless and they're going to go on forever. And then you get this Johnny Come Lately twenty six year old that marries I mean, the leader of our podcast dozen, network. Isn't that old? That's so cool. It, runnings. Yes, Uncle yeah, Buck. Yeah, Uncle Buck. Just Home Alone. It's Christmas yeah, right now. Home yeah. Alone. Home Alone. The Great Outdoors. Oh, the Great uh, Outdoors. The great is outdoors. Uh, There's a guy in Newcastle that runs planes, trains, and plate. automobiles. Tommy yeah. Boy. Oh, Chris Farley. Like, he, even nothing else. Even like I could kind of understand Billy Madison. I could kind of understand Paul McCartney a little bit because yeah. But, but it's even the around, Christ, around Christmas time, he has the worst Christmas song ever. But they still play it. And maybe you know the Beatles, but you don't know necessarily who Paul McCartney is. That's like Although saying I still Genesis or Phil Collins. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, know. I, mean, I could kind of that, that. That one's forgivable. I I will allow that one. But not John Candy or Steve Martin. How do you get to be marrying age and you haven't seen <laughs> Father of the Bride? Yeah, I mean that's, that's one a of franchise. Those, you watch it like bridal parties. I think I don't know. I've I've only been in a couple. I think weddings, they just watch but... bridesmaids now. And that's yeah. the problem. Is, is is stuff getting replaced? Is it the 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 entire there are certain things that are just staples of of the holidays that I'm like, son of a bitch. It's pl- planes, trains, and automobiles, Christmas vacation, Home Alone. These are not getting watched. Is that the problem? I don't know, but these, I have these my kids, kids Dakota's age. Yeah. My kids love Home Alone. So wait, I have a serious question, and this might determine our friendship from here on out. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, people like to say it is. It is. 
It is. Never happens during it. Christmas. Yeah. It's what? Christmas <laughs> Die Hard is a action movie that takes place in December. Yes. Things are decorated. But there. if you start it, there's actually like a thing that if you start it at like, if you, I forget what time it is that you start it, but it actually lines up to the exact minute in the tower. And in the middle, for some yeah. reason. In yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. can, where, where Hans Gruber falls out of the tower yeah. and you could time that with the falling of the, uh, of the, you know, of the new year coming in. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. You could do the same thing with Ferris Bueller's day off with the Ferrari. Oh, you could. And that's, you know, so does that make it a Christmas movie? <laughs> no, cause it, it takes, it's, in a, it's yeah. summertime. Yeah. And it's in that fictional town in Chicago. You know, who, outside of Chicago. you know who else is in that movie? Who? There's a lot of Paul McCartney movie music in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the parade, that's a Beatles song. Yeah, that is. You know, and that's the thing. Like Chris Farley, I remember the day he died. Like Chris Farley is an animal, like an absolute legend. So here's the problem: my wife was born in 1990. So Chris Farley died when she was seven years old. John Candy died when she was four. I'm old. Yeah, I know. I, I'm like I was in elementary school when John Candy died. I remember, you know, he was filming a movie, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch, that sucks." I'm, you know, I'm fifth grade. I was in high school. And just so we don't miss it, uh, if you start Die Hard at nine fifty eight and thirteen seconds, then the ball drop is a human dropping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are getting old. But yeah. Still, yeah. like John I mean, Candy movies are so good. What the, the deal is is I. We were all just listed off the movies. I watched and loved all of them. They're timeless. As that, a kid, that's, like growing up. But I'm younger than Reagan is. But <laughs> maybe well, she was, the other caveat is that Reagan's homeschooled. Uh, oh. But I'm homeschooled as well, so I think that invalidates that portion. But I Well, it kind of makes more sense because like with the Gen X parents, like my parents and Reagan's parents, you know those reg- those movies had fallen out of style to show your children, but my parents didn't really care that much. Like my parents still like enjoyed those kind of movies. Um, also, I was like going over to a friend's house and seeing those movies. If you're homeschooled, maybe then your the, parents are going to be more strict and you don't have any friends. Maybe so. Maybe it's that they're not on cable. So uh, to the newer, mm. to the new next generation, to those that are Bailey Davis's age and younger. Are they just not watching movies on cable? Yeah, probably not. And they don't make comedies anymore. Well, any more kids like, don't. When was the last time you watched a good comedy movie? Pineapple Express. <laughs> exactly. Like, freaking exactly. <laughs> it's been... Well, what, it's how been long ten, was ten Pineapple years? Express out? 2012? Like, we were just... A good year, apparently. We've talked about it twice in this but show. But I think they got sucked into reality TV because, like, I don't watch yeah, reality TV. Yeah, now we have TV. garbage TV. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, um, I do I just watch... pitched hard knocks to you people. Pineapple Express yeah. came out 13 years ago, almost 14, 2008. Yeah. But like, 2008? That's yeah. the thing. Like, they're all, like, obsessed with this teen mom OG. And, like, I, I don't <laughs> follow, like, The Bachelor. Like, I have friends that get together and drink wine and, like, have charcuterie trays for The Bachelor. And I'm like... Okay, I I don't know about y'all. Well, you guys are all married. I we just won't talk about my dating history. <laughs> but I'm like, we're all, we're all on your side, yeah, Mary. I've had enough failed relationships. Like, I don't need to watch this play out on like live TV. And like, you know, I watch these people, and I'm like, these girls, like, seriously, like, you sad, could go, out, it? yeah, it, yeah, it really is. And I'm like, y'all, y'all need something. Like, I probably a therapist and maybe some Prozac and some, you know 
better supportive friends that tried to derail this train wreck before you jump on it. And, um, or they should have just been watching John Candy movies. Exactly. Like, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a, such a classic. And Tommy Boy, like. I don't know if Dakota's seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, I was a kid, kid, though. I think that was probably like one of those movies. It's a great Chicago movie. That yeah. my dad, like, watched, wanted me to watch. I didn't quite get it yet because I definitely wasn't in high school, I definitely wasn't even in middle school. Like I had to be probably fourth grade. Yeah, you need to rewatch that one. Yeah, but the that's, brat your, that's your homework. Yeah, like that and the Breakfast Club and that whole Brat Pack, you know, group of you know. But I think that's what I, I I'm not sure how old you are. I was born in 1980. So how old do I look? This is fun. I, I'm gonna go for your between 31 and 34. Dang, no. You just gave him such a compliment. Oh, okay. <laughs> the guy uh, who used to be the producer thought I was 48, Mary. <laughs> oh. I am uh, 38 years old. Okay. So yeah. you, you're close enough. Yeah. Um, but we grew up with that brat pack. And I think that that, like, it wasn't like the nuclear family, but there were a lot of those movies in that era that, like, gave us this idea of, I think, you know, just fun yeah a fun and like okay so we're gonna go skip school for a day or yeah. you know um you look at that group from snl where you know farley and david spade and all those guys came from and um like i haven't watched snl in probably 20 years because i remember that core group of people and like i love bill murray like i'm a huge bill murray fan but you know groundhog day and things like that um you know, you try to show it to somebody in their 30s and they're like, what? what is this? But again, they're all hung up on so much reality TV, like Survivor and all this other stuff. Like, I just know what they are because they're on my Hulu thing when I flip through to, you know, get to stuff. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I still tend, like I'm sitting here thinking through my Amazon movies and it's a lot of those older, you know, I probably paid three ninety nine for them on Amazon. Caddyshack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I think Caddyshack. That, that's a good we, that movie. we were kids, you just turned on TV and you watched what was on TV, and you're you're like much of a child mm-hmm. was kind of defined by the movies that are on cable, yep. which means they're kind of old. You get a lot of Armageddon, they're, they're on Apollo cable. thirteen, and yeah. when I was a kid, and now VHS kids games. don't. They aren't forced to watch anything. No, they. My can just kids stream are not it. forced to watch anything. Your kids are going to remember watching Minecraft walkthrough videos on YouTube, or like, or See, like the Paw I, Patrol or something. I also they watch remember they watch. being a kid and like. What was on TV is what you watched. Like, I remember, like... TGIF uh, on Fridays? Oh, yeah. I remember, like, Friday the 13th coming on uh, one night, and, like, my dad's like, oh, Friday the 13th is on tonight. We need to watch that. Which, by the way, if y'all don't... Like, I didn't think about this. I'd always watch Vegas Vacation, like, on a cable channel, so they had... Giorgio from Yuma. ...edited part of it out. (laughs) I was babysitting some friends' kids, and I I just turned (laughs) on Vegas Vacation, and I didn't think about it being, like, the whole hot tub seat and stuff, and I was like, oh, so, like, when, like, the nine-year-old kid comes running out and going, Mary, there's a naked lady on. I'm like, what? (laughs) Because it was the cable version. (laughs) My teenage brain... Weekend at Bernie's, there's that scene, scene too, because, like, I had watched that movie a lot on cable at my friend's house. So then I rented it one night <laughs> and like was watching it with my little sister. And then there's that scene where they, the girls on the beach come yeah. up and they don't have tops on. And it's like, 
Where's this in my friend's house? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time I went to the library and rented Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, the difference classic. between Revenge one, of the yeah. Nerds on cable and un like in like as released on video, Revenge of the Nerds is massive. There's yeah. like minutes of that movie. Uh, see, I went the opposite way with Revenge of the Nerds. I had rented it. And, and you then, watched it on cable and you're like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. And then I saw it on cable with my friends and I was like, we got to watch that movie. We got to watch <laughs> that movie. And then we turn on like, this movie kind of sucks. Sorry, guys. This is way different. <laughs> Super Troopers is another classic oh, film. Oh. All right. We are way overdue. It's yeah. uh, it's it's like Dakota's supposed to be lifting weights in three hours down at the gym. So we've oh. got to let him go home. Uh, this has been a great show. Thanks for joining yeah, us, Mary. No, thank you, guys. I'm sorry about your laptop. Oh, it'll probably be fine. If not, whatever. We've got... Uh, We've got options. It's we, lived a good long life. It's uh, Barry will be at 7 p.m. with full uh, honors. It'll be okay. We will see you guys <laughs> next week. I have no idea when this is getting posted, but we'll see y'all next week. Burr, burr, burr.